All right, I will say good morning, good morning, a guten chodesh. Let us begin, begin by thanking all of our sponsors. To thank our Talmud Torah sponsors for the month of Nisan. Haba Alinu Litova, to thank Paul and Kathy Pollock. Wow, Paul and Kathy Pollock again. We thank the Pollock so much, Baruch Hashem. Paul and Kathy Pollock for dedicating all of the Shurim and Joshua's this month in memory of Paul's mother and father, Shmuel ben Zechariah and Sarah Bas Avram. To thank Avram and Shindy Kalman for dedicating all the Shurim and Joshua's this month in memory of Bernice Kalman, Sarah Breina Bas Yoshua Heschel. To thank our Dafyomi sponsors for today, Louis Goldberg, in commemoration of the Yarzite of his father, Mordechai Ben Lipman Leib, Zichron Levracha, and Jack and Betty Gladstein, in memory of Betty's father, Gedalia Ben Aaron Tzvi Halevi. We also thank Saeed and Simahakin for dedicating the Daf today, in honor of the birth of a granddaughter, of a baby girl, to their children, Daniel and Orly Rosenthal, Mazel Tov, Mazel Tov, Incredible. So with that, let us let us begin. So you have a really incredible daf ahead of us today. Fascinating daf with a lot of great halacha, even some great hashkafa, and of course, as always, too little time. I just want to say, so with that, let's begin. Today's daf is Nuntes 59. We are picking up Amir Hashem at Nunchasim, base 58b, at the two dots, two, four, six, eight, nine lines up from the bottom. Omarav. Rav said as follows. So we'll say, this is now a, um, it's not a tangent, but because it's a, it's, we've already been speaking about the concept of hakafas kolarosh, or hakafas harosh, right, cutting the sides of the head. So this, this now becomes a natural extension. Omarav, meko adam kol gufo betar. Rav said a person is permitted to, a man is permitted to shave his entire body with a razor. With a razor. I will say, now, what's, what's the issue over here? In other words, what, what exactly is it that Rav is discussing? So I'll say, if you, take a, if you take a look, we can look at Rashi and the Rush. So Rashi says over here, Rashi is the first white line on the bottom. The lo yilbash kever simlas isha. They both say there is a concept, there is an isidar isa of cross-dressing. Again, we're going to talk about that in just a little bit. But the Torah says, a man is not permitted to wear women's clothing. Man is not permitted to wear women's clothing. So look at the rush. So the rush says over here, Amarav Mekel Adam Tar Guf Kol Guf Abitar Afilu Beis Hashechi Ubeis Erva. Now also when we say that a man could shave his entire body with a razor, so what are we talking about? Even the armpits and even the pubic area. The Ein Bazem Yishum Lo Yilbash Kever Simlas Isha. And ultimately, once again, Rashi says there is no prohibition of a man's wearing women's clothing. Also, what Rav is saying is like this. The concept of lo yilbash kever simlas isha, that a man should not wear women's clothing, literally translated, is not just a din in wardrobe. That's, that's the way the Gemara is. It's not just din in wardrobe. It's an idea that a man is not permitted to engage in that which is considered uniquely feminine practices. So one might have thought that hair removal from the body ultimately is considered to be a feminine practice. Rav is coming along and saying, it's not, it's not finished, the rush. He says, Now we'll say, the rush just adds this in, although we knew it. When Rav talks about shaving the entire body, what is he not talking about? He's not talking about the beard and the sides of the head, right? Because remember, again, with the beard and the sides of the head, Obviously, again, in that situation, you have a totally different, a totally different Isar Daraisa, right? But Lamaisi is talking about everything besides the beard and the head. Fine. So we'll say this is the position of Rav. So Gemara says, really? Meisvei 
If a man removes hair from his armpit, from his armpits, and from the pubic area, you get malchus for that. So generally, you know, malchus is not a sign of positive encouragement, right? So generally, if you're getting malchus, that generally means you're doing something wrong. So what's going on over here? That's a direct contradiction to Rav. To which the Gemara says, not, it's, not, it's not a contradiction. We'll say one is talking about the case of shaving with a razor, and one is talking about with scissors. So when you shave with a razor, that you'll get malchus for. When you sh- quote, quote unquote shave or cut with scissors, that you won't get malchus for. And I will say now, what is, what is the fundamental distinction? So ultimately, again, the idea would be, the idea would be that removal with a razor, of course, is an absolute hair removal. So apparently, again, the Gemara is suggesting that would be a violation of lo yilbash gever sinlas isha. That a man cannot wear women's clothing, that's a feminine practice. That when, you, when you cut with scissors, again, what, what you know, scissors is only so close you're going to get to the skin. That's not considered to be a feminine practice, and therefore that would be permitted. That seems to be the case of Rab. The Gemara says, really? But one second, Rav say, but Pepashtos, not Pepashtos, Rav said, Mekel Adam Kol Gufo Betar. Right? Rav said, you're allowed to use a razor. So how can you, how can you tell me now that Rav's talking about a case where you're cutting the hair with scissors when Rav himself explicitly says that it's, that it's, that it's a razor? To which the Gemara says, no, 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 Ke'en Tar. Rav means that you're using scissors like a razor. I will say, what does that mean? So again, if you look at the rush, so I will say, you know, when you use scissors, you can use scissors in different ways, right? You could use the scissors and cut the hair at a height, so to speak, or you could use scissors right against the skin. So when Rav says that you could shave, a man could shave his entire body with a razor, he doesn't really mean a razor. Rather, he means with scissors, but scissors like a razor, i.e., you're cutting the hair right at the skin line. Okay, so it says the Gemara's father. So we'll say, so just before we go on, it turns out that what Rav is telling me is like this, that a man is permitted to cut the hair on his body, not with a razor, not with a razor. Ultimately, again, not with a razor, but rather with the scissors, he can cut with scissors, and he can even cut with scissors very close to the skin. But it appears based on Rav, that if you were to use, if a man were to use a razor on his body, and the specific areas of interest over here are the armpits and the pubic area, Halach said that would be a violation. It sounds like according to Rav, it would even be a violation of an Isra Daraisa. Okay, I'm Rabbi Yochanan. Rabbi Yochanan, because we're not finished. Rabbi Yochanan, Hamavi Beis HaShechi Beis HaErva. Rabbi Yochanan says if a man shaves the hair, Beis HaShechi, again, his armpits, Beis HaErva, pubic area. Loke, you get Malchus. Rest really, Meisvei. Havaras Seir, Ultimately, again, that is not an Isr Da'oraisa. Rather, it is only an Isr Da'oraisa. So if it's an Isr Da'oraisa, why are you getting Malchus? To which the Gemara says, no, 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 my loke de Ka'amar, midrabanon. They both say there is a concept of Malchus Mardus. Malchus Mardus. Malchus Mardus means that Chazal instituted Malchus when you violated the Rabbanon. So I will say, so now, interestingly enough, according to Rabbi Yochanan, according to Rabbi Yochanan, if you go ahead and you remove hair, man removes hair from the pubic area or from his armpits, that is an Isr Drabbanon. Now again, there are different levels of severity with an Isr Drabbanon. Obviously, if Chazal felt that you need to impose Malchus, that means that Chazal felt pretty strongly on this. So you'll get Malchus for hair removal. Man will get Malchus for hair removal. Fine. So Mark says, Tapam Nuntes, Ike Amri, an alternate version of this, 
If a man removes hair from the base Hashachi, base Ha'erva, right? Armpits, pubic area. Loke mishum lo yilbash geber simlas isha. So we'll say, now what's the contradiction here? What's the contradiction? So the Bryce is agreeing, you'll get Malchus. But why does the Bryce say you'll get Malchus? Why? Why? Because you're over on the love. Which I will say sounds like what's the nature of this prohibition? Now it sounds like. So what is the Bryce saying? What is it? It's a Daraisa. So it's a direct contradiction, right? Remember again, Rabbi Yochanan was saying before, hair removal is in Isra Darabbanon. The Bryce is saying now that hair removal is in Isra Daoraisa. So what's going on over here? To me, the Gemara says, um, good. I'm sorry. Um, I just lost the place. So I just want to point out, remember, this is an Ikeda Amri. So this is an alternate version of the previous discussion. So in this discussion over here, you have Rav Chia Bar Abba saying that hair removal is an Isidar Okay, now in this alternate version, the Gemara brings a kasha, a mesve, and now Rav the Brayza says, and here it says again, hair removal is not da'araisa, rather it's only dirabanan. So we'll say, now, now that b'raisa is contradicting Rabkhiya bar Abba. So what's going on over here? Huda amar kiyaitana. It's not a contradiction. We'll say it's machlokis tanaim. Machlokis tanaim. And Rabkhiya bar Abba holds like the following tanya. Listen to this. The following tanya. The sanya, this is fascinating. Hamavir beisa shechiyu beisa erva. If a man removes hair, Right from his armpits or his pubic area, Hareza over Mishum lo Yilbash Kever Simlas Isha. He's in violation of an Isr Daraisa. Okay? Violation of the Isr of a man should not wear women's clothing. The Tanakama. So we'll say, now watch this. So, say, so now, what now it turns out that there really is a fundamental machlokes about male hair removal. So we have one opinion that says male hair removal ultimately again is an Isr Daraisa. Okay, the Tanakamo, Hilo Yilbash Kever Mai Darishbe. So we'll say, what does the Tanakamo do with this Pasuk? So we'll say, this is incredible. He needs it for the following, for the following reason. We'll say, watch this. We'll say, so the Pasuk says, literally, a Kli Gever. Now we'll say, the way we just simply translate it is masculine clothing. Masculine clothing, right? So there should not be masculine clothing, male clothing, on a woman. So Rebose says the Gemara, my Talmud Lomar, so ultimately, what is that teaching us? What is that teaching us? The Gemara says, im shlo yilbash ish simlas isha, v'isha simlas ish, v'isha simlas ish, um, I'm sorry, im shlo yilbash ish simlas isha, v'isha simlas ish, hare kvar ne'amar to'evahi. So Rebose says, so now, one second, if it's to tell me that a man shouldn't wear women's clothing and a woman shouldn't wear man's clothing, the truth is we've already established that, right? We've already spoken about that. And in fact, say the Torah itself says that that is a Tuaver. Because I just want to quote to you the Pasek. The Pasek that we're talking about over here, if you have the, if you have the Torah or on, the, on the side, you can see it's Perek Chav Beis, Pasek in Dvarim. The Torah says, Lo yilbash kli gever al isha, lo yilbash gever simlas isha. A man should not wear, right? Or literally, again, the clothing of man should not be on a woman, and nor should, and nor should a man wear the simla, the clothing of a woman. <laughs> For it is a toiva. 
It is abomination whoever does these things. So we'll say, if you think about it, the Pasuk itself is a little bit repetitive. Because it first says, Lo alisha, right? Ultimately, again, a kligever. And then sima, so we'll say, what's going on over here? To which the Gemara says as follows. I will say, so the Gemara is just trying to understand what are we talking about? Now, obviously, just want to point out, the Pasuk is phrased both. So right? literally, the clothing of a man should not be on a woman. And a man should not wear the clothing of a woman, right? So it's phrasing it both ways. So look what the Gemara is doing over here. So the Torah says, They both say, this is fascinating. Torah calls this an abomination. They both say, watch this Gemara. So the Gemara says, why is this an abomination? In other words, I understand why a man wearing women's clothing or a woman wearing man's clothing is not a good thing. I understand that. But toiva, abomination, is a very strong word. So I say, isn't this incredible? It's a very strong word. Like, toiva is reserved for like the worst kind of immoral behaviors. So, okay, bad, definitely bad. But why, why toiva? The boss says, incredible Gemara. So Gemara says, Ella, here it is. Because what's the prohibition? The prohibition is that a man should not wear women's clothing. And then I will say what? Literally again, go into the women's locker room. Use women's restrooms. Right? In other words, I will say, so, so the, the, the to'eva the to over here, the to'eva over here is going ahead and going ahead and man dressing like a woman in order to go ahead and be with women. Similarly or conversely, isha simlas ish, and a woman to wear men's clothing in order to go ahead and dwell amongst them. That's the toeva. So I will say, it's fascinating. The toeva is not necessarily the cross-dressing. The toeva is utilizing the cross-dressing as a way to mingle immorally with the opposite sex. That's the toeva. Which I will say, I wanted to just tell you the incredible Incredible wisdom of the Ribbon Shalom. We'll say, and this is incredibly important just in terms of the way we apply to our modern sensitivities as well. People have all different types of, of proclivities, predispositions, wants, and desires. And just because you can't understand what someone else wants does not give you the right to stand in judgment of them. So we'll say, so there's a concept that, that people, people, people are going to do their thing. People are going to do their thing. And the truth is, each of us, we have our own problems, right? Each of us has our own problems and has our own things we have to deal with. And one should never go ahead and chas v'shalom, look down or, or, or negatively portray another person because of their own lifestyle decisions. People have to make their own lifestyle decisions. Where it becomes problematic is when you try to impose those lifestyle decisions upon other people. That's when it becomes unfair. You want to do what you want, you can do what you want. I'm not, I've, got a, I've got my own stuff going on. I'm going to take care of me. Right? I'm not going to stand in judgment of someone else. But the moment that suddenly, again, you take a decision and you foist it upon everyone else, and now everyone else has to accommodate, and everyone else has to say, that's when, okay, no, no. We can live and let live. We can live side by side, right? We can go ahead and figure out a way to accept people in all different kinds of ways. But no one has the right to foist something that is non-normative 
upon the rest of society. And that's, and even, that, even that's the Torah saying, this is fascinating, the, the Gemara is saying the Toiva is not on the act of a man dressing like a woman or a woman dressing like a man. The, 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 the Toiva is when you try to take that and then go ahead and change the normative rhythms of societal life. That's the Toiva because that's the fundamental undoing of the fabric of society. And I say it's such an incredible, incredible thing. In any event, so I'll say, so therefore, therefore, you thought Nazir wasn't going to get interested. In it, right? you, you thought we were done. You thought we were done. Watch this. So I'll say, so now, let's go back to this. It says the Kimara. And I will say, I, I just, I just want to point out because I'll say it, it is so, it is so incredibly important because there's a distinction between what an individual chooses to do and how an individual chooses to live versus how that individual then interacts with greater society. Right? The mushal I, I, I often give is, is you know, we'll say, you know, some people have like a no shoe, shoe rule in their house. No shoe rule in their house. So you walk into their house, you have to take off your shoes. It doesn't matter if you're two years old or 25 years old. I think it's a little weird, but but Lamaisa, right? But Lamaisa said, so can you imagine you come to someone's house, right? And they have a no shoe rule. That's it. And you say, No, I wear my shoes. I'm a shoe guy. I'm a shoe guy. I happen to have done that a couple of times, right? right? But 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 Lamaisa, but Lamaisa, I'm a shoe guy. Okay, that's fine. You could be a shoe guy all you want, but now you're in someone else's home. Right? Now you're entering into someone else's domain. There's a respect for the reality of the place in which you are entering. And to go in and say, no, I'm a shoe guy, and Dafka say, I am entitled to walk wherever I want to walk because I am a shoe guy, that's gaiva. That's gaiva, be who you want to be, but also respect the sensitivities of the other. Be who you want to be, but be careful about how you bring your personal hashkafa, so to speak, into the public realm. Incredibly important, you sowed. Rasul Gimar says as follows, Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov Omer, Yaakov says, Minayim, Klizayim. So I listen to this. This is actually incredible. How do you know that a woman is not allowed to walk around with a weapon? Right? A woman, a woman can't carry a weapon. Sobase is incredible. The Torah of the Gimar understands the wearing of weaponry as a violation of cross-dressing. I will say, so I will say, by the way, I do want to point out. There is, there is an iser. I just want, just for the sake of intellectual clarity, there is an iser of a man wearing women's clothing and a woman wearing man's clothing, right? There, there is an iser that exists. Even if, right, even if a man doesn't go ahead and go anywhere else, the point the Gemara is making over here is, what's the to'eva component of it? What's right? the iser daraisa is the iser daraisa. What's the to'eva component of it? So the to'eva component of it is Dafka to try to engage in immoral practices. That's the Toeva piece. The Isser is the Isser. In any event, another interpretation of the Isser Bosa is that a woman shouldn't walk around with weaponry. With weaponry. Now, Bosa, you have to understand something. So today, we look at the use of a weapon, right, as in the very utilitarian piece. And historically, often the wearing of a weapon was also like part of your accessories, right? In other words, right, we see this. Different cultures, different cultures. Even today, right? Still, again, you know, a dagger, a sword, or this, or that. That, that. That's part of the getup. That's part of the outfit. So the Rabbah says, the Gemara says, 
that a woman, a woman having a weapon, a woman wearing a weapon, could be a violation of the Yilbash Kever. Obviously, again, it's not talking about Trapikuach Nefesh, right? It's not talking about, again, in a situation where there's a life-threatening situation, a woman has a weapon in order to safeguard her safety or to preserve her safety or her family, but talking about, again, more as an accessory, okay? So the Gemara goes weiter. The Gemara says, Okay, so ultimately, again, furthermore, it means that a man should not go ahead and adorn himself or literally engage in feminine practices. Then I both say, what does he mean in feminine practices? So here, the Rush comments over here that it's a reference to it's a reference to um, the Rush says Perush Shlo Yikcho Velo Yifarches Velo Yavar Beis Hashachi or Beis Erva. He shouldn't put on blush, right? He shouldn't put on cosmetics, and he should not remove the hair of the armpits or of the pubic area. Okay. So the Gemara says, Rav Nachman ben Nazir Mutter. Rav Nachman says for a Nazir, he is permitted to remove all of his bodily hair. Rav Osei. Now, what's the pshat? What's the pshat of Rav Nachman? Rav Osei. Rav Nachman says if you look at the Rush. The Rush says, the Chayvan, the Megaleach Korosho Biyom Kilos Neziruso, Leka Tikun Ishun Ba'avaras Beis Hashem Beis Erba. So Rav Nachman is of the opinion that since a Nazir is already going ahead and removing the hair of his head, so it's kind of like if people see him removing the rest of his bodily hair, they can figure, hey, maybe he just got like a good price on the barber or something. You know, it's just like it's an all-in package. So in other words, there's no, there's, it's not necessarily associated with feminine practices. And therefore, the Gemara says, the Aloha does not follow Rav Nachman. And therefore, again, Aloha, even a Nazir, is not permitted to remove all of his bodily hair. Good, Rav say a couple of stories, interesting stories. So, Amri Le Rabbanon Rav Shimon Bar Abba. The Rabbanon said to Rav Shimon Bar Abba, Chazin Rav Yochanan, the Lesle. We see that Rabbi Yochanan doesn't have any armpit hair. Rabbi Yochanan doesn't have any, so they were concerned. Is Rabbi Yochanan going ahead and removing his armpit hair? So which we responded, no, 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 it's because of old age, he's losing his hair, even his armpit hair. Okay. Hahud is chayr. By the way, you'll understand yourself, why exactly is that story included over here? So Lomaisa, remember again, there's a muster in everything. So the muster in this is, that there's a concept of yisimikim. Yisimikim, I will say, means that your actions have to be beyond reproach. I will say that halacha lamaisa, even if at the end of the day, you know, sometimes a person says, I don't care what anyone thinks. I know what I'm doing is right, and that's all. That is an incorrect approach to life. You do have to care what other people think. And the truth is, your actions, your actions should not only be appropriate, but your actions should look appropriate in the eyes of greater society as well. That's why the Gemara includes a story like this to show you that here people were looking at Rab Nachman, and again it happened to be he had a, there was a good reason for it. But Lamaisa, eyes were on him. Eyes are always on us, and therefore actions should ultimately reflect that. Well, so there was a guy who was going to be flogged. He had whatever he did wrong, he did wrong, and he was going to get Malchus. And Rabbi Ami was going to be administering the Malchus. Igloi beis hashechi. So we'll say, remember, as part of Malchus, they, 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 they pull down a person's clothing from, from his shoulders to his waist, right, in order, because they give Malchus, of st- some on the front, some on the back. So as they were taking off his shirt, so what happened? Igloi beis hashechi. So, so Rabbi Ami saw the guy's armpits, and he saw he had hair in his armpits. Chazi delo He saw that he did not shave his armpits. 
Leave this guy alone. Don't flog him because ultimately, again, he's a good guy. Right? Why is he a good guy? He doesn't shave his armpits. In other words, I will say, it must be just kind of backing into the story a little bit. Right? It must be that it was very common for men to shave their armpits. Right? And there was probably societal pressure to shave your armpits. Right? You want to fit in. Right? So shave your armpits if you want to fit in. This guy resisted this temptation. Bepashtos, because he understood that there's an Isser, whether it's a Daraiz or the Rabbanon. And because he didn't, ultimately, again, Rabbi Ami felt that this showed that this man possessed some level of piety. And because he possessed this level of piety, as well, so again, sometimes the highest level of piety, I will say, is the ability to resist societal norms. Right? Isn't that an incredible idea? In other words, that, that's the idea. When, when you could say, you know, the, 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 the peer pressure and social pressure, everyone's doing it. Right? Everyone's doing it is one of the hardest things to resist. And if you could be the kind of person who's willing to kind of buck the trend, right? and I don't have to be the guy who does the same thing as everyone else, that's a high spiritual level. That, that, that's a high personal moral level. So Rabbi Ami sees this guy who bucks the trend of armpit shaving, and he says, you know what? Good guy. Good guy, and exempts him ultimately again from... From the mark. It's incredible. So what's the halacha? What's the halacha with shaving? Right? Can you go on a bus? Now they're asking him specifically again about the Beis HaShechi, Beis HaErva. Amr Lei Aser. He said it's Aser. Amr Lei Vaha Kagadol. Now the Rush understands what's happening over here. If you take a look at the Rush, if you take a look at the Rush, Vaha Kagadol, Vahai Mai Parech Legachi Misparayim, Drabichia Lo Amr Ela Betar, According to the rush, the question that they're asking over here is, but sometimes a person has discomfort from armpit hair or from pubic hair. So sometimes a person is shaving it, not because, not because ultimately, again, of feminine practices, but of personal comfort. So I will say, so doesn't, doesn't that weigh in? Amrali Barpachsi said to him, son of nobility. This is Rav is asking this of Rabbi Chia. Rabbi Chia responds back to Rav. Barpachsi is a compliment, right? Son of Loboman. Zman Yeshlo Lekol. Zman Yeshlo. Kozman Shugodal Nosher. Right? So also listen to this. Zman Yeshlo. Every hair has its time. It's incredible. That was essentially, essentially what, what, what Rabbi Chia was saying was the way Akkadish Baruch created us is. Yes, sometimes hair growth can become uncomfortable, but the way it works, specifically with these areas of the body, is when the hair would grow to such a point that it would become uncomfortable, usually it falls out. So literally translated, it's man yeshlo, every hair has its time, calls man shugadal no share. Right, to the point that it grows enough that it would cause discomfort, ultimately again it falls out. I will say, what a musr, what a musr. Every hair has its time. They'll say, if every hair has its time. All right? So what does it mean? When it grows its course, when it grows its course, I know this is a strange place to get a muster from. Right? But I said, right? Right? When it goes ahead, when it goes ahead and grows its course and reaches, right? Reaches its threshold, it falls out. They'll say, Allah has come of a come of It's true for the hair. Right? It's ultimately true for man as well. Right? Kol Adam Yeshlo's man. Every single person has their time. And I will say, who knows how much time we have, how much time we don't have. All we know is that ultimately in the time that we have allotted, there is a mission to do. Because at a certain point in time, the hair falls out. 
at a certain point in time, ultimately life comes to an end. What a lesson to learn on Rosh Chodesh Nisan. A new month, new opportunities. Rabbi Osei, it is definitely time for us to get to work. So the Gemara goes weiter. Rabbi Osei, interesting Shiloh. So now Rabbi Osei, what we've established is that hair removal, specifically from the armpits and from the pubic area, is, is Aser. Whether it's Aser Daraisa, Aser Dirabanan, right? It's Aser. So the Gemara says, what about, what about Bebigdo? Right? So Lachoch. Rabbi Osei, so Lachoch means... If you take a look at the rush, we'll say what happens if a person goes ahead and rubs the hair, let's say with a garment, in order to remove the hair. So in other words, he's not removing the hair by hand. He's not removing. I don't know what I say by hand. Not not with scissors, not with a razor, but through friction. Through friction, what's the halacha there? So the Gemara says, Amale Aser. He says, ultimately, again, it's Asr. I, I should say this. Lachok Rabosai means not with a beggar. Lachok means ultimately, again, with scratching, with his hand. So what if you go ahead and you're sort of like, here, I'm not removing the hair with a razor or with scissors, but essentially scratching until the hair comes out. What's Talacha there? Amrle Asr. He said, that's Asr. That's Asr. Why will say, why is that Asr? Because that's still considered to be active hair removal. But big domau, what about ultimately again with your baguette? So that's what I was mentioning before. Baguette means, what if you scratch the area with a baguette till the hair comes out? Amrle mutter. Ultimately again, that's going to be mutter. Ikadana will say, alternate version of this. So we'll say, an alternate version of this was during davening. What's the halach? In other words, can a person scratch these particular areas with their baguette? With their baguette. So Amrle Asr. Ultimately, again, he said it is Asr. Now, both say, now for Tfila, for Tfila, this wouldn't just simply be an issue of hair removal. For Tfila, ultimately, again, it's also like the Dinan Kavada Tfila. So what's Talacha Asr? Ultimately, again, it is Asr. Valas, Hilchasa Kavase. But Talacha does not follow this particular opinion. Therefore, I will say, technically speaking, scratching these areas of the body with your baguette during davening technically would be mutter. I will say, I will just mention to you, I'll just mention, the halacha is, the halacha is as follows. The halacha is the shukh arach in Yaradeya, in Simen Kuf Pei Beis, because this is important, halacha l'maysa, says, ha-ma'avir beis ha-seir beis ha-shechir beis ha-erva, afilu b'misparayim. So I will say, if a person removes hair from the armpits or from, or from the pubic area with scissors, even with scissors, no, even with scissors, Right, kein tar, kein tar means you're cutting. In other words, I will say you're using scissors close to the skin. So you're using scissors like a razor. So what's talacha? How you makin also makos mardus? It's a derabana. I will say so again. If you purposely remove, so if you purposely remove hair, if you purposely remove hair, ultimately again with a razor. We're talking about a man, man now, right? A man. Purposely removes hairs from from the armpits or from or from the pubic area with a razor. That is an isr da'oraisa. right? If you use scissors, even if you use scissors close to the skin, that will be an isr dirabanon. Now I will say now this is talking about the use of scissors close to the skin. Let's say I don't know. Let's say a person has unusual armpit armpit hair growth and he wants he wants an armpit hair trim, right? I don't know. Okay. So the mice again, it would sound like over here. That's motor. That's mutter. The only time you get into an Isra Dirabanon is when you're going to go ahead and cut it close to the skin with, with scissors. But I will say, but that is the halacha. Now I will say, I want to point out over here. So I will say, it's interesting. But when is this so? This is only so if, if the armpit hair removal or pubic hair removal is something that is associated with women. 
But I will say, let's say societally, you lived in a place where everyone removes armpit hair. So I will say, we see from the Shokhlarach in that kind of situation, it would not be an Isser, since it's no longer a family practice. I will say, do you know where this comes up? The Shaila actually does come up. Swimmers, right? Competitive swimmers who do shave their bodies. So there's a whole discussion halacha about, I don't know how many Jews are competitive swimmers, right? But right, about Lamaisa, but Lamaisa again, is a, so I will say, there's a perfect example of, it's not being done for feminine practices. It's actually being done to whatever, whatever amount of time it shaves off, like no pun intended, right? However amount of time, right, it takes off their final competition. It, it's, it is a real thing. So that's a good example of where hair removal is not being done to mimic feminine practices. So I'll say that's where we get into a situation. Use of a razor to remove pubic hair, armpit hair, use of a scissor, ultimately again to go ahead and remove hair will be an isra draban. Okay? More to talk about with that, we'll say, but we'll have to go weiter. I'm a base, we'll say, I'm a base. Okay, back to Nazir. Back to Nazir. Right, so says, here we go. So we'll say, let's go back to the previous Mishnah. We'll say, remember the previous Mishnah? Remember the previous Mishnah, right? Remember again, two Nazirim, Nazir A, Nazir B, walking together. What happens, Rebbe say? What happens? Ruvain sees them. What does Ruvain see? What does Ruvain see? One, right, Ruvain says, one of you guys became Tameh. What doesn't Ruvain know? What doesn't he know? Who became Tameh? So Rebbe say, so the Gemara gave a whole process there. So remember again, what do we do? What do we do? We wait 30 days. We wait 30 days. So we'll say very quickly, what do we do? We wait 30 days. And then after 30 days, they both shave their head and they bring two Karbanas. Right? A carbon betuma, carbon tara. Right? And then essentially, what do they do? They go ahead and, right, we'll say Nazir one says, listen, if I'm the tara Nazir, this is, right, this, the carbon tara is mine, the carbon tuma is yours. Right? If I'm the tame Nazir, the carbon tuma is mine, the carbon tara is yours. They wait another 30 days. After 30 days, what do they do? They bring a carbon tara. They bring a carbon tara. And, sit, and they, they repeat the process, right? Nazir says, if I was Tame before, that, that carbon Tome was mine, the carbon Taro was mine, and now this carbon Taro is mine. And if I was Tar, that carbon t- Taro was mine, the carbon Tome was yours, and this carbon Taro is yours. Fine. Actually, a pretty straightforward case. Here's the wrinkle. We'll say, Mishnah, no base. Here we go. Get ready. Get ready. Mis Echameyad. Oh, okay. Now I'll say, now what happens? Now what happens? Let's say, we'll say, one of the Nazirim in question died. He died. Now we'll say, let's say again, so it's the same case, same case. Tunisian walking down the street, minding their own business, right? Ruben sees them from a distance. Ruben comes, Ruben comes running over and says, listen, guys, one of you is Tommy. I don't know who. What happens? What happens? I will say, so again, one of the Nazirim is such, so in shock from being in Tommy. What happens? He dies. All right, so we'll say, so now what do we do? So what do we do? Says the Gibar Rabbi Yeshua says, no problem. Yevakish echad bin ashok. Sheyidar Kinegdo Benazir. Rabbi Shua says, no problem. Just go and find another guy. Go and find another guy in the marketplace who's willing to become a Nazir. Right? Willing to become a Nazir. Essentially, again, you're going to get yourself a stand in Nazir. So you will say, see, the problem is you kind of need this because you have a Suffolk Tumah. Right? So look, find another guy who's willing to become a Nazir. Right? And then I will say, essentially, same process as before. Vomer, and you should say as follows. In Tabosai, now the only difference in this case over here is the stand in Nazarbosai, you know for sure that what? For sure that what? He's not Tame. So watch this. How does, how does the process unfold? So Vomer, in Tame Hayisi, so we'll call let, let's call it Ruven and Shimon were the original Nazirim. Right? So Ruven and Shimon are walking, right? Levi comes running over, and Levi says, Oh, I saw one of you guys become Tame. Okay? So they're about to begin the process. Shimon drops dead. 
Shimon dies. So we'll say, so what happens? What happens? Reuben goes to the Shuk, right? Puts out a wanted sign, need a stand-in Nazir. So now let's say you have stand-in. So now you have Reuven and stand-in. So what happens? Now, so stand-in is going to observe 30 days. So 30 days later, what happens? Reuven says, in Tameh Hayisi, right? Reuven says, if I am Tameh, if I am Tameh, so this is what Reuven says to Standin as soon as Standin comes about. Right? So stand, right? Shalom Aleichem. Standin, here's the deal. If I'm Tomei, Reuven says, if I'm Tomei, then you are a Nazir immediately. Right? You're a Nazir immediately. Vim Tar Hayisi, but if I'm Tar, Hare Ata Nazir You will only become a Nazir when? 30 days from now. Okay, now, say, now remember, that being said, that being said, because we never know what's fully going on, stand-in will have to observe the halachos of Naziris as of when? No. Immediately. Immediately, because he has no idea, am I, going, am I a Nazir now, or am I a Nazir 30 days from now? Because everything is dependent on the Tumah of Ruvain, which is Safek. So therefore, Abba say essentially stand-in is going to have to begin to observe the halachos of Naziris as of now. Fine. So we'll say, what's that law? Now, what, what happens next? The sofer shloshim, shloshim yom. We observe, we wait 30 days. I'll we'll say, after 30 days, again, hair cutting. Mavian carbon tum of a carbon dara. Now, I'll say, essentially, repeat the same process. We're going to bring two sets of carbonos. One set of carbonos for a nazir bituma, and one set of carbonos for a nazir bitara. Vaomer. And Ruvain says, Ruvain is nazir number one, says, Imani hua tamay, if I'm the one who became tamay, then the carbon tumor is mine and stand in, stand in. You now also became a Nazir over the last 30 days and therefore the carbon tara is yours. But Ruven says, if I was the tar and Shimon, the now deceased Nazir was the Tameh, then ultimately carbon tara shali, the carbon tara is mine, the carbon tumor is Wow. So now watch this, what happened. And the carbon tumor. The carbon tumor is just brought besafek. And I was saying, I remember again, I know what you're thinking to yourself. You're thinking to yourself, carbon besafek, you're not allowed to bring a carbon besafek. So I was saying, this is an interesting exception to this rule. Now remember again, the carbon tumor of a nazir is made up, remember again, of a chata sa'of, an ola sa'of, and a keves that's brought for an asham. So I was saying, now listen to this. Normally, chatas can't be brought besafek. The one exception to this rule is chata sa'of. Fascinatingly enough, the Ola Sa'of, ultimately, and when it's brought, the Suffolk is brought as in the Daba, and ultimately, again, the Asham is not brought. So the, the Asham is the one thing you leave off. But the Chata Sa'of can be brought in Suffolk, the Ola Sa'of is brought in the Daba. That's how you reconcile this whole thing. Incredible, incredible. The Sof, I will say, we're not finished. The Sofrim, Shloshim Yom, we, we count another 30 days, and ultimately, again, we'll bring the Karban Tara, the Omer, and he says, and he says, we'll say now 30 days later, Ruvain says, if I was Tameh, so if I was Tameh, then the carbon Tumah that we brought before, and that was mine, the carbon Tara that we brought before, and that was yours, and the carbon Tara that we're bringing now, it's mine. But ultimately, again, if I was the one who was Tar before, then what? Carbon Tara Shali, the carbon Tara was mine, the carbon Tumah was Safek, and the carbon Tumah, we'll say, remember again, which is made up again of the Chata Sa'of. The Ola Sa'ov and the Keves La'asham. So remember again, the Chatas was brought in Safek, the Ola Sa'ov was brought in the Dava, and the Keves, right? The, the Asham was not brought at all. So that'll be Safek. And this will be your carbon. Good. We'll say so. It seems to work. It's pretty, pretty solid. It's from Yoshua. Amrullah Ben Zoma. Ben Zoma says, one second. 
How in the world are you going to find this guy? Right? So when Zohar says, who in their right mind is agreeing to this? That was said, of course, the simple answer always is, if you pay enough, right, you'll get someone to do anything. Right? But, but Lamaisa, but Lamaisa, so Ben Zohar is just questioning, it's, it's interesting, Ben Zohar is just questioning the practicality of Rabbi Yeshua's approach. Practically, how are you going to get someone to do this? Sigmar says, Ella, maybe chatasov va'olas behemoth. So rather, Ben Zoma says, here's what you should do. Bring the chatasov, which Rabbi will say again, that's, that's the chatas for Tumah. Bring the olasov, right? Bring the olasov. Rabbi will say, olasov, ultimately, again, is the carbon for Tara. So Omer. So Ben Zoma is suggesting something different. Ben Zoma is saying, ultimately, again, when you go ahead and you have this Safe case, and one of the Nazirim died, don't get another Nazir. Rather, I will say, surviving Nazir, here's what you do. Bring your Chata Sa'of, which represents the carbon for potential Tumah. Bring your Olas Behema, which represents ultimately, again, the carbon for Tara. Vomer, here's what you say. Im Tamei Ha'chatas If I'm Tamei, the Chatas ultimately should be for my obligation. Va'ola Nidava. And the Olas Behema is in Nidava. Ve'im Tara If I'm Tar, Ha'ola Mechavasi. Let the Ola be for my obligation. As we said before, chatas ha'ov can be brought misafek, and that's it. Count another thirty days, or maybe carbon tara. Bring your carbon matara. And here's what you should say: If I was tamei, the first ola should be in a dava. This should be my obligation. And if I was tar, the first ola should be my obligation. And this should be my dava. And these are the rest of my kabanos. So again, so therefore, so Ben Zoma's of the opinion, you could manage this situation without a stand-in. Without a stand-in. Amr, so the Gemara says, Amr Rabbi Yeshua. Rabbi Yeshua says, Rabbi Yeshua says, but here's the problem. Ben Zoma, here's the problem. The problem is, you're never bringing all of your kabanos at one time. Right? The kabanos, the kabanos are split up in two stages. Which it seems to be, Rabbi Yeshua is saying is problematic. Despite this objection, the Chachamim agreed with Benzoma that Benzoma's approach, ultimately, again, of one person bringing different kabbalas at different stages, is a better approach than finding a standing Nazar. I will say quickly, let's finish the Gemara. Velaisi. I says the Gemara. So let him bring it. I don't understand what's the problem. Rabbi Shua wasn't actually voicing an objection. In other words, Rabbi Shua was saying, ah, but you're bringing your kabbalas at two different stages. Who cares? Let, let, let him do that. What's, what exactly is the problem? To which Yigmar says, you're right. Rabbi Yeshua wasn't really voicing an objection. Rabbi Yeshua was just trying to sharpen the Talmidim. Rabbi Nachman, Maili Avelev Rabbi Yeshua, Ledaki Dilo Lisru. Yeshua said, ultimately again, so Rabbi Nachman says, no, no, no. What, what was the problem? What, what ultimately again was the issue that Rabbi Yeshua had? Rabbi Yeshua's Rabbi Yeshua's issue was, that if you have two Nazirim, Rabbi Yeshua said, here was what he concerned about. The final kabanos are, oh, the kabanos are only going to be brought after giluach, after the actual shaving. The problem is if you have two nazirim, you have to wait for two shavings. What was Rabbi Yoshua really concerned about? Rabbi Yoshua was concerned that Allah while you're waiting for the two shavings, the sacrificial parts that have to be offered up on the Mizbeach will go putrid, and that's problematic. That's how Rabbi Yoshua really objected. So we'll say, Allah the Rambam does in fact adopt the approach of Benzoma. So when you have the situation of the Suffolk Tumah case, and one of the Nazirim dies, you will not have to find the stand in Nazir, rather the surviving Nazir essentially offers up staggered carbonos at two 30-day intervals. 
ועושה שכוח.